0: It's Brody Lee! I'm. I'm sorry, guys. It's just. You know, I. I don't I don't feel like doing Brody Lee this week. I'm sure I'll cover him at some point, but I just. God, I just. I just really. You know, we're really close to the infamous 69! Plus 31. And I. I I realize after doing the New Day episode and the Jericho one that, you know, I really need, like, a ratings draw. And don't get me wrong, Brody is a ratings draw, it's just... There's someone else... I just... I can't quite put my... By God, it's... It's it's the ghost of... John Silver. Ah! This is... This is really underwhelming. Like... What, what, how, how can I get you to, I don't know, like, not haunt me? That, is that, is that a good question to ask? I'm thirsty! Of course! Hey, get me some milk. <clears throat> <clears throat> we need a man who is hungry and thirsty for more than just milk at the same time. We need that man. We need... We need John Silver. Johnny Thirsty. Look, I know it's not Kurt Angle, and he loved drinking milk, but John Silver's just (laughs) as- Johnny Thirsty! He won't stop following me! (sighs) Give him all the damn milk! On this week's episode of the Wrestling With Fiction podcast, we'll be discussing... He's number four, or was he number three? It's John Silver! When on earth do I think he might break up from the Dark Order? Could he potentially have a successful singles run? And where on earth will he go next? So for now, tell your friends, tell your friendliest friends, tell them all about this new and exciting edition of the Wrestling With Fiction Podcast! Ladies, gentlemen, and ladies, gentlemen, Welcome to what will most likely be the worst episode I've ever recorded for this show, it's the Wrestling with Fiction Podcast! I'm your host, Connor, and Yeah, uh we're doing John Silver this week. And for those of you who don't know who John Silver is, which I'm assuming most people won't, he is either number three or four. He's definitely not five. He's he's one of the members of the Dark Order, and you might be asking yourself, why not Brody Lee for this discussion? Well, I just really like John Silver. That's why. And I just want to talk about John Silver. I have a random podcast, so I'm gonna do what I want. <laughs> so yeah, John Silver, for those of you who don't tune into AEW Weekly, he's kind of the the smaller guy, the five foot eight, bald man with a bushy beard. <laughs> that is John Silver. But more importantly, he's probably like the most over member of that faction right now. Somehow, some way, John Bloody Silver is the most over thing in Aew. Okay, maybe not most over thing, but pretty damn close. So yeah, this is gonna be a whole discussion on him and his rise to prominence and where on earth he could go with it? So if you've never seen the show, this is kind of the parts where I just kind of book feuds that I'd quite like to see John Silver in. It isn't quite fantasy booking, but it is fantasy booking. It's just me just saying what I'd like to see. So on to the topic, John Silver. Uh, part of the reason why I wanted to do an episode on him just I just saw a bunch of his indie work and he just had a really freaking awesome match this week on AEW. If you haven't seen AEW this week. What are you doing? Go go, take some time out of your day. Watch watch the full two hours. It's a really good episode. Probably one of my favourites since AEW started. And it main events with the Dark Orders, John Silver and Alex Reynolds, the Young Bucks, FTR and Private Party. And Jesus Christ, John Silver. He He somehow does a Cesaro spot Better than Cesaro. The man did a freaking cannonball into an apricot, into a big boot, into, like, a dive across a barricade, got back in, and did a tag team move! And nearly won! I, I don't know what else to say. If, if that didn't make you feel just a little bit more impressed, then maybe the bit where he's just Johnny hungry, Johnny Thirsty. He's, he's getting so much more opportunities. And with those opportunities, we may as well just get to the first thing. I just wanna see him wrestle FTR. I I wanna see Alex Reynolds and John Silver just have a match with FTR. I'm not gonna lie with you. It feels like something that I know we're going to that Young Bucks dream match between Young Bucks and FTR. But god damn it, I really wanted Alex Reynolds and John Silver to win. And I can understand why they wouldn't win. They're not in AEW storyline continuity is like one of the top five tag teams. But I think there's a story there you can build with them. Like, FTR has this current thing with the brush of greatness. Where it's like 20 minutes and if it goes to a draw, FTR wins. You have to be FTR. And I understand you might be asking yourself, John Silver's a heel. Alex Reynolds is a heel. The Dark Order are the heels. But... Can you really look at John Silver as a heel? Have you seen his BTE skits? The whole thing that I did earlier for this was just him saying, Give me some of that milk, baby! He's just... He's... He's... I don't know. Oh, God. I just... I just really like John Silver. This is pretty much what you're going to hear for 50 minutes. I'm really sorry. It's... I, I think he does so much good. Like, he, to me, he's the one guy in the Dark Order, with the exception of Brody Lee, who really maximizes his minutes. And I think having him be in this technical match with FTR in this sort of brush of greatness where they get really close to winning, because in every single tag team match that we've seen with Reynolds and Silva, okay, they weren't the winners in it. The Cody match, when he was teaming with Matt Cardona, and his other tag team matches that were not on dark he's kind of treated well oh, we may as well just say he's treated like a jobber but he's really starting to rise up the ranks and just when he does get a chance to shine whether it be with like an Inziguri or when he gets to do a tag team move with reynolds i really love the freaking palm strike into a german suplex that's a cool move They really do seem to sort of prove themselves as a legitimate tag team. And now I'll say that I never saw their independent work. Uh, We'll come into some independent work a little bit later in this discussion. But I feel like they would be a really good tag team to get a draw in that sort of brush of greatness stipulation. Where it's a great heel move for FTR... And it's a potential babyface turn for Alex Reynolds and John Silver. If they get a draw, you have a case for them to potentially go up the ranks. Face tag teams that they never really fought before, but never necessarily got a shot at. Like the Young Bucks, or if you want them to sort of start from the bottom and go up, hate Hybrid 2. Um, the Lucha Bros. I That actually sounds like a really fun match. I wish I could have thought of that earlier. <laughs> And just, you know, just really start to build them as, like, this thing. Because the whole thing with the Dark Order is that they're a faction that's relying on the win-loss record. They are, if they win, they win. If they lose, they get destroyed by Brody Lee and his pack of papers. And that's something where you don't really have to turn, don't have to keep them heal and still have them be part of the Dark Order. You can make Reynolds and Silver a face but still have them be part of the Dark Order, even if they are a heel group. Look at Colt Cabana. He, isn't necess- he is not part of the group, let's be honest. But he still kind of portrays that babyface character. You can kind of do that with Reynolds and Silver. And, you know, build to them at uh, maybe All Out next year against FTR. And it's just this thing where maybe once they finally get their title shot, it's like that bit in the whole... I'm just going to say Raffle because I don't know what it was where it was like John Silver and Alex Reynolds and just see John Silver do a freaking pike jump on the stage. I, I want to see that like them being like super excited about this one, but at the same time, understanding sort of the gravity of the situation. I feel like that would add not only more challenges to the tag titles, because it feels like FTR has a lot of challenges that they can sort of go through, but not really a lot of stories. So, take the stuff with Jurassic Express, already sorted. Uh, Private Party, already gone through that. Uh, Hybrid 2. Reynolds and Silver? Yeah, they haven't really done much with them, except for that whole tag team situation. Plus, I just want to see Silver just German suplex them. I want to see them interact with Tully Blanchard. (laughs) Just... I, I just... I love this team. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of the initial thought with it. Kind of to maybe see if you want to experiment with a John Silver babyface run. Uh, also get them over as more of a legitimate threat because it doesn't look like they're going to be using uh, Stu Grace and Evil Uno in that position. Because they've kind of been stagnant on television. They haven't really been doing anything. And plus, like, strike while the irons hop with them. Uh, one of the main things that I remember from... I was watching the AEW post show recently and it was the end of this week's show and uh, I don't know who it was who came in during when Tony Schiavone was asking questions but they mentioned specifically how during that main event even though they all thought the Young Bucks was going to win, everyone was behind John Silver and Alex Reynolds. <laughs> what What year is this? <laughs> We're on a podcast episode where we're talking about John Silver over Luke Harper. (laughs) 2020 is a weird year, and 2020 is just a weird time of wrestlers getting over, but we can't really tell because of crowds. And I feel like it's a very poignant thing that if crowds were still a thing currently right now, I'm just going to go off the coattails of Dave Meltzer. John Silver would probably be one of the most over things in the company right now. And I think the company's really starting to recognize it. Like, he's being featured more on Dark, he's getting more wins. All of a sudden, he's, like, a much more featured player in the Dark Order. He doesn't have to constantly wear the masks, like, five and ten. I think they have plans for Silver, and it's because of those plans and his more frequent use on television that I really want to see a John Silver versus Cody match. And now you might be thinking to yourself, but Connor, Brody Lee's the next man who's gonna face Cody after he faces Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy and maybe Ricky Starks, but come on. There's there's stories that can be planted with this. We know how much Cody loves his Row 2 series. John Silver, for a, a lot of Brody Lee's big matches for the TNT Championship has been the main source of interference. And in addition to that, he's kind of also been, I guess, Brody's biggest cheerleader? I guess that's a good way of describing it, but Brody Lee just doesn't like him. So you can play this off as, like, uh, John Silver really wanting to impress Brody Lee by, in his own words softening him up for his title match with Brody lee down the line plus cody wouldn't really necessarily disagree with it because his characters all been about i'm the face of tnt don't worry men i'm cody rhodes cody 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 rhodes i have dream on my chest and it will be the battle of chests (laughs) because okay maybe it won't be the battle of chests but you get the point right Plus, you got the whole history with the tag team match that Cody and Cardona had with Reynolds and Silva, and you've also got the stuff with Brody Lee. You can play off maybe Cody, as he's done in previous TNT title matches, underestimating his opponents. I feel like he could really underestimate John Silver, and we could get some bloody good near-falls. Like, the German suplex that John Silver does. His surprising strength. We'll get onto his surprising strength later. And I feel like he could have a really good counter to the crossroads. I don't know why. It's just a guess. But I feel like he's that weird mix, John Silver. He's got that Neville build. The Neville build. Or the pack build. Or whatever. Neville pack build where he's he's a smaller guy but he's a big boy and big boys in pro wrestling the biggest boys have all of the biggest moves like the german suplex the shooting star press i don't know if he does a shooting star press but i bet he could <laughs> this match doesn't have to be a big pay-per-view match we've seen it with sort of cody's title matches before all it needs to be is just a showcase for John Silver, because he's already over. Like, he's gotten over through BTE, the same thing that got Flip Gordon over from back when that happened. And it's just one of those organic things that I think, just just do it. It doesn't have to be this thing where John Silver overcomes the odds and wins the TNT Championship, because at this point in his career, you don't need to do that. All you need to do with him is just give him credible showings. Like, he's a young guy. I think he's 29, I believe. It's just the case of giving him a good showing. And I feel, in turn, for doing this, you establish John Silver as maybe a mid-card threat. Which, the Dark Order doesn't really have many mid-card threats. Let's be honest. Like, we got Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, who for whatever reason, aren't being featured in wrestling in any form of capacity. Sure, they've got Anna Jay, who they're treating as kind of more of a serious threat at the moment. You've also got... What? 10 and 5? Like, does anyone... No disrespect to 10 and 5, but... Are they really doing anything except having tag matches on Dark? And sure, you've got Colt Cabana, but... Are we really seeing Colt Cabana as a long-term member of this group? I'm sure that he's been part of the group for this amount of time now, but if we're talking about long-term, potentially, John Silver, I think, is the guy you want to sort of put the group around. Like, he's already been given the role of being the recruiter of the Dark Order. I imagine he will definitely have backup in the match. Hell, I wouldn't mind seeing him have a thing with Alex Reynolds in there. You know, maybe distract the ref, tag team offense, Alex Reynolds slides out the ring. Uh, Maybe get the old shards of the TNT Championship that the Dark Order had and just knock it over Cody's head if you want to bring back the salt in the wound of what happened, say, a couple months back. And yeah, you can have it where John Silver gets a bunch of these near falls and doesn't really lose anything from it. Because in the eyes of the audience, he nearly beat the TNT champion, Cody Rhodes, who is, it's fair to say he's the face of AEW. He's the guy who essentially established the company, and he Silver doesn't really lose anything, he only really gains from it. Plus, imagine all the skits that we'll get with Brody Lee, just saying, God damn it, Silver, and just chucking papers at him. Maybe, like, he gets demoted from his recruitment stuff in the Dark Order, where he's now, like, vice recruiter, and he's just trying to sort of, like, get people to go to the actual recruitment service. I don't know. Do I think that would be funny? Maybe. I don't write BTE. It's them. I'm sure Silver will figure it out. So that's kind of a basic consensus. Consensus. Consensus for Cody. (laughs) Consensus. God, I am I'm losing all my words this week because for me, the appeal of John Silver right now is that he is Brody's biggest cheerleader and there isn't really I guess a lot of singles credibility with him like he only really has one big win over QT Marshall on dark and that's kind of about it for him in a singles capacity. And for me, this kind of feels like the only real logical sense, like, booking-wise at the moment, where you could sort of put him in a singles match and not make it feel like it's kind of cheated. Like, I don't expect John Silver to be wrestling for the AEW World Championship anytime soon. But the way that the sort of TNT title is kind of portrayed, you can have him enter in an open challenge type of thing, or maybe even being forced to by D Lee. And in turn, with it, Establishing him in a much more prominent position in the Dark Order. Maybe this is the situation where you can start seeing John Silver get more singles matches. Especially because of how good his offense is. I feel like AEW don't really want to like miss this opportunity. AEW has done such a good job with establishing younger talent. With them, in addition, getting themselves over and establishing that if you do get yourself over you're going to get more television time that's been the case of orange cassidy and it's definitely feeling like it's being the case for john silver so i could totally see him getting a match for the tnt championship and having a really strong showing on the other hand i also really want to see a brody lee john silver feud so any of you follow me on Twitter, you will know that I've been fanboying John Silver and how freaking awesome he is these past sort of number of weeks. And it's gotten to a point where I kind of just want to see him have a bit of a singles run against the whole Dark Order. Maybe, because I have two different scenarios for how this could potentially work. Because John Silver's character, he's just... He's been established as this diehard Brody Lee fan and a diehard fan of the Dark Order. He's spent skit after skit re- trying to recruit anyone who would listen. So one of the ideas I potentially have for how this feud could potentially work is if John Silver is fired from the Dark Order, he isn't kicked out, he's fired. Because the Dark Order is kind of established as this group that tries to manipulate people into joining. And you can't just do like this weird kayfabe thing where they erase his memories from being part of the Dark Order. I can't imagine that they would do that. But hell, it's the Dark Order. It's a cult. So maybe he gets kicked out of the cult. But because he's so obsessed with it, he tries to earn his way back in. And how does he try to earn his way back in? Victory. After victory. After victory. And maybe once he's not being noticed by that part, he starts to have a loss. After loss. After loss. After loss. Maybe against a Jungle Boy. Or MJF. Or maybe someone kind of in the mid-card like uh, Scorpio Sky. And he starts losing in a way that maybe Brodie Lee tries to bring him back into the Dark Order. But... Brody as a character is like no you're just establishing that you're a loser why would you want to rejoin the Dark Order we don't want you back in the Dark Order everything's been so much better since Alex Reynolds became the head recruit of the Dark Order and in this idea you can have this thing where in a attempt to like prove himself and bring himself back into the Dark Order he slowly climbs up the ranks Maybe not necessarily as like him being in like the AEW top five, but maybe do what they tend to do with a lot of stars is get him to have a very strong winning streak. Something that would put a lot of the members of the Dark Order to shame. Maybe like five or ten or Alex Reynolds or Evil Uno, Stu Grayson. And what I propose is what you would do with this is that you'd put him in a gauntlet match against all the members of the Dark Order, excluding Anna Jay, in which you start with... uh, Stu Grayson... No, not Stu Grayson. Five. Get over his power offense, his German suplexes, his speed. Then you have him beat five, and then he has to face ten. Kind of more of a powerhouse version. And he showcases his... Power offense, his German suplexes, his holding suplex that we've seen him do. And then you have him face Evil Uno, and then Stu Grayson, with his, like, offense where it just nearly knocks him out, because, Jesus Christ, Stu Grayson, why isn't he being used more? I feel like he's so underrated in this faction. And then you come to Alex Reynolds, his running buddy, his former tag partner that was used on the indie, that he had on the indies. And you just have this thing where, like, Alex Reynolds just, he feels sorry for him. Like, he feels sorry they got kicked out of the Dark Order. He feels sorry that he has to wrestle him at this point. And he knows that he can't forfeit because Brody Lee's there at ringside. He's watching on. He's trying to just say, beat him, Reynolds. Beat him, Reynolds. As like Johnson was just, like, there an inch of his life. And then maybe Silver gets a small package. And then Brody Lee, in this whole situation, just comes in and he takes the fall. He takes the fall because at the end of the day, he's the leader of the Dark Order. And that's just, that's kind of the basic premise of how I think he could potentially leave but also want to rejoin. And then because there's a couple of different directions i think but the one that i really like is that in this thing john silver realizes that he was being used he was being manipulated he he wanted to be brody lee's like biggest fanboy for this but now he realizes that brody lee is his biggest enemy he's been holding him back from being johnny hungry and now in an attempt to defeat the dark order He's Johnny Thirsty. He does in the best way that I could describe it. To quote a person who I'm sorry I can't remember, your tweet, but he will. T- in my mind, he would try and take out each member of the Dark Order one by one, die-hard style, until he gets to Brody Lee, the man that he trusted so much, the guy who he believed in. His- believed in and really took a chance on him when he had one of the fastest losses in AEW history to Jon Moxley. And they have a match to decide the ownership of the Dark Order. Now, I know this sounds a bit crazy because you'd probably want Brody Lee to sort of be the singles leader of this faction. But... I don't think Brody Lee needs a faction. I feel like even if you cut him out of the dark order, he could still do really good things. Because, like, the way that he won the TNT Championship, it was all based off him and him alone. He he beat Cody with an inch of his life without even doing a thing. Well, not without doing a thing. He beat him in three minutes without Cody getting any offense in. This, though... This has a chance to elevate John Silver to, like, an upper mid-card status. And I just I just want to see John Silver work with everybody. <laughs> and you can have this be, because it seems like Fall Gears suddenly becoming more of a hardcore pay-per-view for AEW. Hell, have an I quit match. Whoever quits, quits the Dark Order. And you can have it where the Dark Order's split. They don't know which side to be on because they don't know if they need to be oppressed by Brody Lee. Say like an evil Uno and a Stu Grayson. I feel like they'd side with Brody Lee because they believed in the Exalted One from the beginning. They established the group. You can just have 5 and 10 and Alex Reynolds indecisive. And eventually have 5 and 10 join Silver and just be Alex Reynolds. Be that little chess piece in the middle. Just... Unknown of where he's going to go. Does he want to go back to his best friend? Or do you have him join Brody Lee? The other guy who joined him made him a lead recruit, potentially. I, I just think that conflict would be really freaking cool. And I feel like it would get over Silver so freaking much. Because he's already started to just get this sort of surprisingly almost cult-like following of a push. Where he's not necessarily winning a ton of matches, but he's getting more and more television time. It's almost like the Orange Cassidy effect. I'm dubbing it the Orange Cassidy effect. Where, before his match with Pac, he was just starting to get featured more and more and more. And then, eventually, the the crowds and the way they reacted, there was no way that the the like company could ignore it. I feel like with this, it also benefits Brody. It it benefits the whole Dark Order because it emphasizes them as a unit. It doesn't completely get rid of all the hard work that they've spent years and years sort of being. As like a team and a faction. But it also establishes that the Dark Order can be under new management. And it establishes that it can be a much more consistent threat of the roster and have consistent longevity. Because a lot of factions don't really have a huge sense of longevity. Last week we talked about the New Day having six years as a faction. But that's a very rare thing. And you've got to freshen up a faction once in a while. And I feel like this could be the thing. Because don't get me wrong. I love the Dark Order as it is right now. But in a couple years time, is the Dark Order really going to be the same? Especially with how Brody Lee is like, even, like, BTE skits and in his, like, things that he does currently on television, he's already, like, constantly, like, abusing his faction members. You gotta imagine at some point there's gonna be a revolt of some kind. And the only guy who I think could do that and sort of establish it is John Silver. I don't think Alex Reynolds would because he's kind of the straight man of their double act. Evil Uno... I don't think he's over enough to do it. And Stu Grayson, he's such a good wrestler, but to me, he kind of feels like the way I love Stu Grayson, first of all, but he feels like to me the the mini boss before you get to the final boss. He feels like to me, especially in the way that Brody Lee treats him in the Dark Order as kind of the like second in command And maybe Evil Uno the third. And I just just think that'd be really interesting. And I was going to leave this one till last. But I just wanted to talk about it. Because I think that's kind of a really cool idea. It's something that you can kind of really establish the Dark Order. Uh, You establish Reynolds. You establish Silver as much more frequent players on television. And you get over Brody... As being a guy who can stand on his own if need be. So, we're going to go to the final one, which doesn't really have any connections, I'll be honest. But I just think it'll be a really cool match. And I saw clips of it, and I just want to see it in AEW. I want to see Brian Cage versus John Silver. I said it. I said it. I want to see Brian Cage versus John Silver. They both kind of have a similar type of shtick. They're both powerful guys who are extremely athletic, and this whole feud idea just came off the idea that I was just searching off clips on YouTube's, YouTube's, Jesus, YouTube, of John Silver just having independent matches. I saw his match with Keith Lee at Beyond Wrestling, which was really cool. It's on YouTube if you want to check it out. It's, it's a really fun match. And here's like, a brief pwg clip of john silver and brian cage where freaking john silver does bicep curls with freaking johnny john not johnny cage brian cage on him <laughs> <And> i just <laughs> i was thinking to myself wow john silver's really freaking strong <laughs> where, where did this come from i feel like with it it plays to John Silver's strengths. Because even though he's a strong guy, he's he's an underdog. And I, what better way to sort of like tell this underdog story than just putting him in a match with Brian Cage, who's just essentially, if this was a Pokemon, freaking John Silver would be Charmeleon facing a Charizard. That That's pretty much what this would be. Where it's just John Silver just trying to prove that he <laughs> can, like, outdo Brian Cage at anything he could do. It's the anything-you-can-do-I-can-do-better thing. Hell, if you want, put the FTW Championship on the line. I want to see Brian Cage get cocky and think to himself, I'm really good. He's just a smaller version of me. And then proceeded to get freaking fallaway slammed and bicep curled by John Silver. Because I feel like, with all the random taunts that he does, like the one he had that's a gif now, of him wearing Orange Cassidy's glasses and just, like, flexing, I I just want to see that after he's done, like, a fallaway slam with Brian Cage. <laughs> and maybe with it, you can have the idea of Team Taz trying to recruit him in the same way they're trying to recruit Will Hobbs at the moment. Maybe you want to just have it be a competitive feud where... John Silver's trying to establish himself more as a singles guy. And Brian Cage trying to reinsert the prestige of the FDW Championship under Team Taz. Maybe it's another open challenge thing if you don't want to give John Silver a ton of victories. Because I feel like right now... we This could be like a really fun match that gets over John Silver Because that's all I want. If you couldn't tell from 35 minutes in. If you're here from 35 minutes in... I just want to see John Silver succeed, (laughs) goddammit. And I think that's what we all want, let's be honest. We all want to see John Silver do more than what he's currently doing right now. And we all want to see, I guess we want to see Cage do more high-profile stuff. And, you know what? Dark is a much more frequent thing on the show right now, so, this kind of benefits both of them. Yeah. Let's go, Silver, I believe in you. Oh, maybe if you want, you can have, like, Evil Uno, like he, how he does in BT, almost like, come on, you can do this, Silver, you can do this, I believe in you. Maybe, maybe all the members, all the goofy members of the Dark Order, like, Five and Ten, Alex Reynolds, uh, Evil Uno, they're all just trying to give him a pep talk, maybe almost, like, doing all of the, like, uh John Silver catchphrases. We've been getting, like, Johnny Hungry and Johnny Thirsty is, like, a form of pep talk. <laughs> it's like, come on. These are the biggest titties that you've ever seen. You can do this. Go get that milk. Go get it Johnny. Johnny we all know. Johnny's thirsty. That's kind of the basis of it. (laughs) So that's kind of all the basic feud ideas I could come up with. I know this one's a little bit short. But that's just because I really just wanted to talk about John Silver. So at this point. We may as well get to the home stretch people. It's it's time for the segment that closes all of the segments for these podcasts. It's Fantasy Fumble, baby. And for those of you who have never listened to this podcast before, Fantasy Fumble is the segment on the show where I throw every sense of logical booking and stuff to get over John Silver out the window. <laughs> it's it's the segment on the show where I try and book the weirdest wackiest, and or most fiction-filled storyline that I can come up with. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Fantasy Fumble will begin in 3, 2, 1. Fumble. Let the dumpster fire begin! Okay, I know what I'm doing. Don't you see that? I know what I'm doing. I... I am a booking genius, do you understand? I am a booking genius because we all know that John Silver has two things that he loves, big muscles and milk. That's all we need to know as his current tag team with Alex Reynolds is all just being a good tag team, is doing as a good tag team, he's having good matches on AEW Dark and he's winning, he's doing great with the power of his milk. Because you know that Chon Silver is a growing boy. It doesn't matter that he's 30. And he is just, he's just a growing boy, you know? And as he's doing this, everything is going great. till the milk goes missing. By who, you may ask? The milk is gone missing? Is it in the Dark Order places? No. Is it in the cubicles? No. Where's the Dark Order Kool-Aid? It's gone. Where, you may ask? Nowhere. Because it's been drunk and consumed. By the hybrid too, you see what I did there? Because you know what they are. They're people who are... They... they... they listen to their dub steps! You know their dub steps. The way that they constantly listen to high-pitched music trying to think that they're cool. That... they're the cool kids on the block and... You know, Alex Reynolds and John Silver, they're not considered the cool kids. Any time that they went, any time that they drunk, their milk people thought they were uncool. Really. Milk gave them superpowers. It gave them all of their strength. All of their latest victories were defined on them. Both being good, independent, growing boys! Then everything went wrong. The minute that Milk was gone and consumed, the Hybrid 2 started getting victories. Submission victories, pinfall victories, countdown victories! After the Dark Order, silver slid from silver to bronze. He went down and down the cars. even five and ten were getting victories over John Silver and Alex Reynolds. But what were they to do? Well, they had to look and recruit and find their milk. And so it began the journey of John Silver and Alex Reynolds to look across and find their milk. They know the perpetrators. They looked in their rings, they tried to interfere in their matches. All the Hybrid 2 did was drink their milk and win more matches despite the distractions. It's at this point and we get John Silver cutting a promo about how he ain't as much of a beefcake as he is now. He's more like a beef sandwich because he's caught between his commitments to the Dark Order and his requirement for milk. It's at this point we see these teams come together have a match culminate at full gear. Why full gear? Because everything happens at full gear. And so John Silver, Alex Reynolds get training. They lose and they continue to lose and lose and lose as they try and find their strength without the power of milk. John Silver struggling to get up after moves. Alex Reynolds tripping and botching need to find their strength. So they go to training places and they look for things to stop Johnny being thirsty. So they head to the farms. They head to trucks, milk trucks. And who's driving the truck, you may ask? Kurt Angle, that's right, baby. John Silver and Alex Reynolds, they find Kurt Angle in a milk truck Because what is he doing once he's retired? He's not hired by WWE anymore. He's just driving around a milk truck because he's Kurt freaking Angle. He won an Olympic medal with a broken freaking neck. He can do whatever he wants. So we see him offer them advice how he won an Olympic gold medal, how he overcame them, overcame Steve Austin and everyone else through the power of milk. And through that stuff, he reminds them And before their match at full gear, they don't need to rely on the milk, they just need to rely on themselves. Because despite, the milk gave them powers, but it never gave them resolve. It's in this situation that we see the final match at full gear. It is, it's not just an ordinary tag match. It's a milk on milk, milk fight. I totally didn't make that up, it's a milk fight. (laughs) And <laughs> it is Sean Silver and Alex Reynolds, milkless, driving to the ring accompanied by Kurt Angle and his milk truck against the hybrid two. So we have our classic tag team match. Milk sprayed all across the ring, slippery to the slippery to the drop. Uh, High flying maneuvers over cartons of milk, milk being flown across from Tope suiciders, Uppercuts with milk Milk glasses being hit open the head We have seen chaos truly unfold Through the power of milk Blood, stained milk All churned to the powers of power and grief At this point We see their strength fading John Silver Drinks and consumes The milk on the floor Down and out He finds his strength He German suplexes them. He tags in Alex Reynolds and they finish their offense. One, two, three. John Silver, through the power of consuming milk, realized that while he did gain this power, he needed the resolve to keep on going, to have the energy to consume the milk, and in turn be the true Dark Order. And in these times, He tried to recruit Kurt Angle, but the Dark Order was just too good for Kurt. He drove off, because in this order, there's only one order, and that's the Dark Order. So that was a convoluted ending, as is tradition in this segment. (sighs) Okay. Yeah, this is just a... It's the prelude it's the outro. I need to think of something creative to do here. So just all in all uh I'm really glad to see John Silver being used more. it's it's awesome to see so much potential stuff coming in his future. I I hope he's like given a lot more chances to shine other than just like the current main event that he's had. I feel that they've only really just scratched the surface on what this guy can do. Like, we've really started to see him in a brand new light from, like, when he started in AEW to where he is now. He's really started to show character. And characters in wrestling, I think, last so much longer than just traditional wrestlers. And don't get me wrong, traditional wrestlers are absolutely fantastic. But characters, just look at Chris Jericho. He constantly changed his character and look where he is now. Anyways, uh, just want to say thank you for listening, and if you liked it, share it with your friends. Share it with your friendliest friends. I don't know what you do, and uh, I guess this is the time to end the show. Yeah, uh, thank you all for listening, and remember, everyone, wrestling could always just use is a little bit more fiction. See you all. Good night, everybody.